Welcome to the Brooklyn Tabernacle's Daily Devotions. Now, here is the Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, Jim Simbola. Good morning. It is Friday the 8th of September, and I greet you, and I say good morning to you. Annyeonghaseyo, as they say in Busan, in Korea. And I hope that you're getting something out of these Bible studies. We're plowing our way through 1 Samuel. A lot of good lessons in there. At least I'm finding it good. Good for me, good reminders. David is on the run. Saul and the entire army of Israel are trying to kill one person. But now David has 600 men, but it doesn't matter. They don't have the weapons and the know-how that Saul's army has. But Saul can't find them. Can't find the guy. Why? Because David keeps inquiring of the Lord and is led by the Lord and is always just out of grasp. Boy, when the Lord wants to protect us and keep us from harm, it's amazing how God can do that. We read in 1 Samuel 23, David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. See, the only way David could be captured is if God said, hey, Saul, I want you to capture him. As long as God says, no, I'm with David and David will not be captured. That's like the day we're gonna die. You can't die before the Lord says you're gonna die if you're a believer, a child of God. You think in heaven when someone dies, the angels are running around and going, can you believe who died today? No, precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. We're immortal until God says, come on home now, come on home. And for David, it's not come on home yet. And although the odds are against him, you know the old saying, one person in God makes a majority. So he's staying alive, staying alive. And while David was at Horesh, by the way, he wrote a lot of the Psalms during this time, it seems. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh. Jonathan reappears in the story and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. How do you know that? You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. Couple beautiful lessons here, isn't it? First of all, Jonathan is not jealous for position, even though he's the king's son. He knows God's with David. Oh, how blessed are we when we know that other people are called by God to do something. We don't have to be jealous. They're not perfect. David's life is going to prove they're not perfect. But they're God's choice. People think that someone's anointed by God. We should pray for them, support them. Oh, no, they're not perfect. So now let's destroy them. I think that's a good way to get in trouble. God didn't say that his servants are perfect. He just said they're his servants and he has put in the church apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. That doesn't mean that they're perfect, never make a mistake. But we're in our pride and arrogance and self-righteousness. We don't see our own problems. We only see the other guys. Jonathan goes to David and says, David, listen, you're going to be king one day. My father even knows it. He's living in fantasy. I know he's trying to kill you, but deep, deep down, 
He knows. He knows. But the key verse there to me is this. While David's on the lamb, on the run, Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. What do you do? Encourage them? For sure. By these words, David, don't let your faith falter. I know you're getting a little nervous sometimes, but don't. I would be in succession to my father when he dies, but I'm going to be second to you. You're going to be king because God is with you. But sometimes even when God has spoken a word, we doubt it because circumstances look like this is not going to happen. My son's not going to come back to God because I'm praying because he's getting worse, not getting better. But Jonathan has faith. He knows what God has said. And now he helps David find strength in the Lord. What a blessed ministry is that? He doesn't give David his strength. He encourages and what? Maybe prays for him, prays with him, reminds him of the word of the Lord that came through Samuel the prophet about David's own life. He helps him find strength in the Lord. Let me get it from the NIV. He helped him find strength in God. What a blessed ministry. You know, the New Testament says that one of the gifts God has put in the church and gifts we can have there's gifts we don't mention much, like giving, leadership, and one is those who have the gift of encouragement. Is that not a forgotten gift? Most people have the gift of discouragement. Just have a lunch with them, and you can't digest your food. They're so negative. They don't encourage you. They discourage you. They're negative. They're insecure. They have no faith, and it kind of rubs off on you if you're not careful. Newspapers, media, discouraging because they sell stuff by being sensational and negative sells, not positive. I think of people in my life, what a blessing they were to me, especially when I was college age, even high school, young in the ministry, still to this day. Isn't it a joy to be around people who encourage you and help you find strength in God, who quote the word to you, who pray, or tell you I'm praying for you. Come on now, don't quit, get going. That's something you and I could do today. No? See or no? See, brother, it's true. We can encourage somebody today. They might be like David, bad circumstances. Right now, it does not look good for them. But you and I know God can keep them, God can protect them, God will supply. Jehovah Jireh will not be late. Let's not just say that to ourselves. Let's encourage somebody today in the Lord, and God will bless us for it. See you on Monday, Lord willing. Amen.